Live Smackdown. Podcast in the shadows. Look, doing the damn thing. WWE. Smackdown Live last night from, I believe, Portland, Oregon. Is the emanation. Very, very, uh... Well, it was not received very well by certain pillars in the internet podcast uh, wrestling community. I, you know, I wasn't as flustered about the show as everyone else was, but we all know I'm looking at this product a little differently, uh, regardless of what the popular belief is. I've watched this stuff for a while, along with all of the other people on the internet that I listen to regarding this, and you know, I took some time away from it, as opposed to them having like a real uh, stream of revenue you know, coming from their analysis of the product, so some people are uh, more so uh, entitled to their opinion, you know, and they definitely make it known and have found a mass of uh, members of the WWE universe that will agree with what, you know, sentiments they share because these parts of the WWE universe and beyond have been looking at uh, wrestling and sports entertainment before. I guess apparently at this point, a longer time than I have. So, uh, with all of that said and shit, we opened up the show with an angry promo from Shane O'Mac. Uh, man got a show to run, and he's getting pissed off because he doesn't uh, like how Undertaker just came through and tried to, you know, infiltrate Operation The Yard. So, um, hey, I... They, the people on the internet felt that it was a little forced, a little, uh, you know, teleprompter-esque. And, I mean, it, it, look, it's about building the matchup at Extreme Rules in a couple of weeks out, streaming live on the WWE Network. So, hey, Shano, good promo. Anyway, open up the show with the New Day. Uh, all three members, WWE champion, uh, five-time tag team champions. They come on out, do the, uh, you know, quick promo, just, you know, excited about everything, opening up the show and stuff like that. And out comes Dolph Ziggler, and he's, uh, he pretty much shares that we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a match. And if he's in, then, well, if he wins against Kofi, then he's in. And the match is two out of three falls. Hey, I'm not, I'm personally one that's not opposed to the two out of three falls thing. I think uh, it, it, it gives the matches a little length. I've noticed that some cats in the internet uh, wrestling podcast community are very, very vocal about different ways they can lead into these matches and they're not very happy with how the uh, the little mat, the, the in-between resets during commercial breaks it's just and then the way they come back and explain how they had to get to this point of the match whether it was impromptu or the McMahon family set it up or management 
liable we're gonna call it. You know, they just don't like how that's being explained. But my argument would be, how are you, uh, how are you mad at that? But then everything else is, oh well, it doesn't make sense. Oh, I like continuity. Oh, we want to make things, we want things to make sense when it comes to this, so then we could get more invested in the match. Hey, they're making sense of something. They're trying to, you know, give you guys less to complain about. And I think that's what everyone's losing focus of. Now, again, this is just my opinion. I think that, you know, it's just as wrong as everyone else's, you know, but uh, just as they're entitled to share it, I'm entitled to share mine. So, uh, you know, Kofi, Dolph Ziggler, main event later on tonight. Meanwhile, we've got the New Day taking on the Tag Team Champions and the Planets Champions, well, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and also the Planets Champions and Daniel Bryan and Rowan, Big Redwood. So, um, <laughs> he, uh, they go at it. Not a very long match. New Day uh, pick up the victory. And uh, now maybe, just maybe, these guys are... Uh, slotted for a future title opportunity one thing i would like to see and i mean maybe it's just in certain you know certain parts of the divisions where it actually makes uh sense but we don't necessarily like i'm just not big on seeing you know the guys that they do want to be slotted for number one contender taking on the tag team or taking on the champions in general and then the champion has to lose and then now they can have a match because they've proven they can beat the champions like just let them go against someone else for a number one contender spot or however we're gonna call it and you still get the same title opportunity you know maybe i think the number one contender thing is uh antiquated i don't know i personally always like the number one contender idea you know because then people can fight for that it's like an invisible title in and of itself but i mean again this is just me throwing it out there but yeah daniel bryan and uh rowan uh potentially might have to uh defend their tag team championships against the new day in coming times now i know that it, the commercial breaks and stuff like that it resets everything and some of these matches are quicker but i think the stories aren't changing you know i think that though there's you know matches may be happening at a much more faster rate and the one two three happens it's uh when you're looking at the storyline and you're looking at how we get to certain points then now nah, and you know making certain matches i think inside of these small moments in the matches we, we can have more elements of the story, you know, change or build toward why we're having a match down the line that maybe the next pay-per-view, in this case, would be uh, Extreme Rules. So we'll, we'll see how it all continues to evolve and play out. But, um, yeah, and, and watch how the wild card rule evolves to the point where we don't even need to speak on it too much anymore. That's, that's growth. Or maybe it just gets eradicated, but I still stand on my belief of the wild card rule being in effect to, to ensure that we can have superstars on each brand with the Fox deal ever looming. But uh, that was all the opening stuff. Now let's go on into the next segment and our rest of the show. As these guys, the New Day, celebrating, out comes Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to uh, do the potential beat, well, do the beat down angle. And they beat him up. But this brings out heavy machinery. And um, 
Yeah. Now we have an eight-man tag. It was uh, somewhat the same as the night before, but at the same time, it's, uh, a, it's a little bit of a spin on that idea of KO and Zayn being a potential tag team for the division. So, um, Heavy Machinery, KO and Zayn, well, excuse me, Heavy Machinery and The New Day are now taking on KO and Zayn along with Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Eight-man tag, cool little match, good back and forth. This was Heavy Machinery and uh, KO and Zayn's time to shine. Uh, I think, uh, man, look, it was a the, the little, the little pump kick from Tucker. Awesome. Tucker was definitely... Uh, on display last night, along with, uh, of course, elements of Otis Excuse me, Caterpillar was thrown in there. Byron Saxton is enjoying it. You know, I think it's. Uh, we know that it's the worm. We know that Jerry D. King Lola was huge on that, and um, I think with the new era and the new modern day of WWE programming, you know, Byron is a good fit. Just to call that out, why not? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, uh, I believe the compactor pinned uh, Daniel Bryan. I believe so. I could be wrong on that, but either way, very, uh, very fun match. You know, it it highlighted everybody. It showed Tucker's skills, showed Otis's talent, of course, still. And uh, yeah, these guys were standing tall along with the New Day by the end of it all. So uh, shouts to Heavy Machinery. They're definitely looking like they're being slotted for a top tag spot and uh we'll just see how things continue to progress with them all right you get the Miz backstage looking for shane again oh boy uh lie is standing outside of uh, shano's office the best office in the world i mean you know with if Mr. McMahon ain't on deck or whatever, but either way, uh, Elias is pretty much telling Shane, I mean, telling Miz, look, man, I don't know if you want to really try and go in there and pick a fight with Shane again, and Miz wanted to go in and make that happen, and, um, Elias said, go ahead and, uh, buzz off, so, Miz made his move, said, forget it, uh, I think they're gonna, he just kept him another time or something like that, and Shane comes out, Elias lets him know what took place, and he said, if Shane now wants to go ahead and get the fight going, said, yeah, if he wants to fight, then we'll go ahead and beat him up. But after and only if he can beat uh, Elias in a two out of three falls match. So we get to uh, that part of the show, and um, yeah, oh, man, it, I don't... First of all, it's a good look to work with the McMahon family. You know, if they're investing the time in you, then that means there's definitely something special about you. Uh, one major thing that was brought up, and it's, it's something that I had been thinking about, is the perception of the superstars. Some people say that, you know, uh, subconsciously we're looking at these superstars and we're taking a mental inventory of how many times they win or lose. Uh, that, I think, has uh, somewhat truth to it. And at the same time, we know that if these superstars were to go in there against, like, local competitors or local competition, then they would beat them with not an issue at all. So, um, it's not really, uh, it's not really that 
uh, bad to see some of these L's get taken. I know that the city or the people of Oregon were definitely vocal about their feelings toward a lot of the uh, Shane segments. And uh, I mean, hey, we're not in charge of how this stuff gets booked. Maybe Mr. McMahon will listen, but right now I do believe that Shane is in the middle of a a big storyline. So once this all comes to a close, maybe a stomping ground, maybe, pardon me, excuse me, maybe at um, Extreme Rules, maybe at SummerSlam. Uh, We've heard people talk about they want, they would like to see GMs come back. You know, Shane was extremely likable as a GM. now he's uh the quote is over the top i'm uh i'm just going to let things continue to progress the way they are and if the wwe universe continues to voice the frustrations then i'm i guess the the, well they know how to do it (laughs) you know so uh elias and miz are going at it and elias uh Hey, it was actually my favorite move of the evening, and it was a lot of big spots, a lot of good moments. But, you know, these guys had uh, two crazy nights. So, you know, on the third night, let it, you know, simmer down a little bit. But the jumping knee into the uh, drift away, I call it the guitar arrow. That was a crazy spot, in my opinion, just the way it looked, the angle on it. So he picked up the first, uh, well, Elias picks up the first fall. And uh, Shane O'Mac doing a lot of interference. And I believe one of them was a beat down on The Miz. And that uh, left room for a disqualification. So it's 1-1. Miz uh, got that victory. And then it uh, in the third fall. Elias picked up that win also off of Shane O'Mac interference that the referee didn't quite notice, I believe. And uh, this setup for coast to coast, Shane actually hit it. Oh, he actually hit that. And I mean, he got one leg. He put a little bit more. I guess maybe he hasn't been skipping leg day or he got a little bit better of a jump this time around. Good stuff, you know, from Shane with the coast to coast, you know. And even though he hit that mat and took that bump, he was right back up. So. Good on him. Good on you, Shane. I'm not mad at that. Please don't hurt yourself, man. Please. Chill out, big bro. But, um, yeah, uh, Miz, some, some say he looked like a goof after something like that. I'm, uh, I, you know, if he's losing to cats that's affiliated with the McMahons and so many tenses, how much of a loser is he? Who else is he going to take on? I think anybody at this point that he takes on is going to have, like, the... Miz is going to get, like, the hugest babyface reaction. So, I'm not really upset with it. I, I think that's what we're going to look... I think that's what I'm looking for. I know that, uh, well, it's kind of been been shown, like, if Miz is taking on a McMahon or something of the sort, then Shane is going to do what he can to get the upper hand, and that's what's been taking place. Miz take on somebody else. I mean, Miz could pick up the win on Shane. I'd like to see it, but at the same time, is is this the bigger or the bigger storyline? Could be Miz getting a big win and getting a true babyface reaction at the end of it. I don't know, but we shall see. Nikki Cross versus Bailey next. If Nikki Cross wins, then Alexa Bliss is now 
uh, slotted for a championship opportunity for the SmackDown Women's Championship again at I assume Extreme Rules. Shouts to Bailey. We uh, we need to see Bailey with the Edge, man. I don't know if they really trying to pull the trigger on that. It doesn't uh, seem like that. Just looking at some of the promos, but Bailey's in-ring work as a uh, you know general and such like that. Like she knows how to call a match outside of storyline. She can carry a superstar in so many tenses and. Uh, of course, there's always room for improvement, and we all want to continue to practice. So I believe in Bailey from that space. Uh, Extreme Rules, Kendall Stick on a pole match was 2017, and I, I want to, I would like to see one of those again. I don't know. It it sounds like it's kind of funny and ha ha, and it is in a way. But at the same time, uh, Bailey deserves some form of redemption after that. Just crazy beat down uh, all those many years ago against Bliss. Her and Bliss have a very uh, unique rivalry. Uh, so I don't know how it'll play out. But since Nikki Cross picked up that victory and had such a massive celebration, somehow uh, we're going to see how this twists into uh, Nikki Cross versus Bliss matchup. But we'll see. I'm not even saying that's what's going to happen. But it does uh, look like it's going to be heading in that direction uh, very soon. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, shouts to Nikki Cross for picking up the victory. Uh, these guys, uh, there's always room for improvement, you know. I think this is a good way to just build up another superstar in the women's division. Bailey is already solidified, and uh, it's, a, it's a very compelling story with, like, uh, Alexa Bliss totally taking full advantage of you know, having the opportunity of some, well, to keep, to have someone that's going to uh, put in some of the dirty work for her. But again, great is a good storyline. So, um, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Not bad. Let's get on into the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so excited. We love us some Sawyer Deville. And we love us some Bailey. But pardon me. Well, we do. And we love us some Ember Moon, too. So we got to see Ember in ring, getting some action going, and um, it, it was a good match against Sonya Deville. Very, uh, it was it was uh, physical for the time being, and I think that should show that these ladies are totally ready to go at it and really get it scrapping. Just you know, just make something happen with them. Let them fight. You know, uh, I think Mandy got a little bit of an interference, and that was what aided uh, Deville in picking up the victory. And her and Mandy had a little bit of a, a happy Pride Month moment. Everybody had something to say about it, with rub, brushing her hair to the side or something like that, and long hug and the, uh, the eye contact and such like that. And I'm, I'm looking at this like, my goodness, what? What, what in the anime is all of this? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff, and it could lead to some some uh, very comical, uh, dry, sarcastic, edgy PG television entertainment. <laughs> if that even makes sense, um, so we'll see. But uh, good stuff between uh, Mandy, 
Sonia and Ember in these past couple of weeks, even being able to plug Mandy and Sonia's YouTube channel, The Mandy's Donuts, or something like that, where they travel across the country, uh, going to different donut shops. I believe they're like, you know, the mom and pops, maybe some other up and coming ones, but they test out their donuts and they see how good they are. Now, I'm not the hugest on all types of different donuts, but I believe everyone likes a glazed donut here or there. So just to be able to uh, plug that and help our team tough enough, you know, this is what it's about. So, yeah, uh, Sonya Deville picked up that victory with a little bit of uh, prideful tension uh, after the fact. But before this, they were backstage and we got our 24 seven segments out of the evening where Drake Maverick came and well Carmella had some words with Sonya so old man is getting pretty spicy but um yeah uh R-Truth uh in hiding of course and uh out of nowhere he appears with uh well essentially Carmella now she was looking for him she found him and um yeah, Drake Maverick not trying to cause any trouble, not trying to make any problems this time around. He's fairly, uh, you know, upset. He's going through it and going through the marital woes, but he doesn't really have a wife anymore because our truth ruined his wedding. All he wanted to do was, you know, get married and be 24-7 champion, and our uh, truth took that away from him. So... Uh, hey, Truth felt bad and told Hornswoggle that if it was that serious to him, then he could go ahead and uh, go and find a referee. And, uh, you know, uh, Drake Maverick being completely shocked said, really? But he had one on deck. Isn't that funny? And, uh, no. Uh, Truth psych, psyched him out and then just kept it pushing with Carmelo. So, Poor Drake Maverick, but at the same time, hey, uh, gotta come with a little better than that. And of course, you know, the 24-7 crowd chasing them down out of nowhere again. So this is that that was fun stuff. But all of that, let's get into the next segment. Backstage segment, another one. Uh Finn Balor being interviewed by the lovely Kayla Braxton. And, uh, you know, IC champion. We haven't seen him in a while. Is there anybody, anybody at all that Finn has his eye on that he wants to face off against potentially? Is there anybody that wants to face off against Finn? And who other than the rock star Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Pops up doing his little stylish, you know, looking hand thing with the, you know, Intercontinental Championship. So we could be seeing that rivalry coming very soon. I think that might be something good. Uh, these, both of these guys are, have quite the appeal. And, uh, excuse me, it's going to be, in my opinion, a very, very uh, fun match. When these guys are uh, slotted to, you know, go one-on-one. So, I'm excited about it, and I definitely anticipate it going down. But, 
Now it's time for the main event. We had Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. Kofi picked up the first fall. Uh, Ziggy hit a super kick. That was another one of the top five moments. I guess it's top three for the night. Excuse me. And, um, yeah, uh, that was how Ziggy was able to tie up uh, the match one-to-one. And uh, Kofi picks up the victory with the Trouble in Paradise with just a good way of setting it up through their sequence. Uh, very good, very good stuff, good main event, talent from uh, all sides, and uh, yeah, that I was actually thinking that uh, Dolph may have picked up that victory, or, and this is really what I was thinking in the moment, I figured maybe uh, Joe doesn't want anyone else in the match, so Joe is going to not interfere and we'll have something next week. Now, maybe, just maybe, we could use the next week angle of, all right, I'm Joey comes out, says he's the, uh, you know, he's number one contender, or he's slotted in the match already, so there's no way that he's just going to allow Ziggler to just come on in, but if you want a match and you can beat Joey, then you're in, and maybe Ziggy can pick up that win on Joe, but at the same time, a lot of people have said it, and it's definitely noticeable, but Joe hasn't really picked up a victory in a while, let alone a meaningful victory, so uh, do we really want to see Joe take a loss there? How is Ziggy going to work his way into the triple threat uh, matchup at Extreme Rules? That's a you know, story outside of the storyline, you know, but I guess a little subplot or something like that, just seeing how uh, WWE books that if they choose to, but that was just a little bit of my fantasy booking and me figuring out uh, what <laughs> might not work or why it couldn't work or whatever, but this is why I'm not in that uh, field of expertise. They are, and we will definitely see how they decide to, uh, you know, play all of this out in the coming weeks. So all in all, it was a good, uh, good show, good SmackDown, uh, fun, fun moments. And in my opinion, which ain't worth too, too much when it comes to this, but you know, I like to respect it. My opinion, that is, um, yeah, well, I think it flowed by. So, uh, from SmackDown live to 205, 205 live, uh, came on next crowd definitely was uh turned up for the show gentleman jack took on mike canellis good match fair physicality from both sides and we had uh gentleman jack pick up the victory here to mike canellis throwing a complete tantrum and uh, you know taking off his tape and walking out and you know just being so upset and you know, Maria just, uh, you know, trying to calm him down, but it's only but so much, you know, she can do. And, uh, you know, it was it was good. Now, we all know that the Canellas side, the Canellases, uh, the Canellas family have uh, signed new multi-year deals with the company. Very, very happy for them with that. It feels like now they have a storyline and the very first one is a hilarious spin on, you know, the superstars wanting to leave the company. And I'm not even going to dare delve into that stuff. But, uh, 
yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's just gonna, uh, we're gonna see how it plays out with, you know, Mike Kanellis being angry about things, and apparently him and Drake Maverick having some form of tension online, we'll all just see how this all continues to play out, I don't really know what was said, I've, I've seen rumblings of some of the back and forth, but I don't really know, so uh, we'll just, again, see how it all plays out. Um, get backstage, uh, Davari's having his uh, backstage segment, his interview with Sarah Shriver, and um, yeah, out of nowhere, Oni Lorkin with the heaviest chair shots you ever heard came through, uh, literally beat down on Davari. Uh, referees, backstage officials trying to break it up, and uh, Oni was not having it, he was super pissed, and uh, yeah, you know, just giving Davari a taste of his own medicine, and you know, wanted to know how that feel, to you know, get to catch the chair shot, and you know, get beat up in a way where he couldn't really defend himself, so Good stuff from Oni. He got that little crazy snap, and that's like, man, that, that, that's that's a good sign of a superstar there. You know, just having that that mean streak that everyone's talking about, and just tapping into that that crazy, and it's controlled chaos. So yeah, Oni was Oni definitely looked very good last night. Shouts to Davari. I thought that was just good stuff in general. Had a Tony Nese promo. He was going to be taking on, um, I believe he's taking on Tozawa in the main event. Someone that he truly respects. And they definitely had a great matchup. Uh, yeah, I just want to ensure that it was Tozawa. Yeah, they went at it, man. Tozawa and Tony Nese put on an excellent show. These guys are totally uh, veterans. In the, in the 205 roster and the cruisery uh, division in general. So it was very good to see. Tony Nese picked up the win with the running knees. So now he is the number one contender for Drew Gulak's Cruiserweight Championship. And, man, we know that these guys have some hard-hitting affairs. So it's definitely going to be a sight to behold at Extreme Rules. I'm assuming now, what, maybe two weeks out. Uh, streaming live on the WWE Network. So, uh, this was 205 Live. Very good show. Very fun SmackDown Live. It all flowed by, but that's in my opinion. I know that everyone else was uh, not very happy with the results this week, but it really isn't about whether or not the internet podcast wrestling community is happy. It's whether or not at this point, it's something everybody has to deal with, it's whether or not Mr. McMahon is happy like it or not so with all of that uh shouts to everybody that brings you the podcast each week shouts to all of the different and opposing views regarding the product i think it's very fun now we have a little bit more of a body of work so we can truly begin to advocate and continue to listen to uh the cries of the WWE universe of what they want and what they don't want and what they're entitled to. But regardless of all of that, again, it still is very fun. It gives us all something to talk about. And, um, I'm, I'm very happy with how things have been, uh, 
you know, just rolling about throughout these uh, evenings. So, thanks WWE for another awesome week in sports entertainment. I will catch you guys uh, next time for uh, more uh, WWE action. So, catch you then. Peace.